Um, so anyways, um, but in the midst of preparing, and as you, if you've ever prepared for a um, presentation or maybe you're writing a paper in college, you, you know, you start out with these ideas and it just comes together. Well, and, and I prayed and I believe God's beginning to give me this message and putting things together and got to be um, in the last part of this week and that just was not coming together uh, the way that I thought he was going to explain. In fact, it kept pulling at me. The Spirit kept driving me back to this message. Now, it's still going to work, so don't scratch that out in your bulletin. You could keep the title, uh, you, or if you want to write another one, that's fine. Um, I don't have one uh, other than we are family, so uh, go with that. But here's the thing. Um, as I was preparing, God kept bringing me back to this uh, a sermon that I heard a long time ago by Josh McDowell. Um, and I've shared along these lines before, but this was just really just kept coming back to me that here we, we are North Point, we are family at North Point, okay? But this sermon by Josh McDowell, he came up and it was a bunch of, um, it was a youth gathering, youth pastors and leaders, and he said, now, before I begin, I, I don't want you to, like, you know, toss me out of here, but I'm going to say something that may be controversial. And he said this, he said, we in this room need more than Jesus. And, you know, first of all, what, what, what are you saying? I mean, we all, need, we all, all we need is Jesus, right? Well, he went on to explain. He said, we need more than Jesus. We need each other. We, as the church, need each other. And he explained a little bit more and saying, you know, when you, you ask God to forgive you, right, he, he forgives you. Say, so God, I, I need you, Jesus. I come to you. I need your healing. I need your forgiveness. And he gives it. But when we confess our sins to each other, it promotes healing in the body and in, in the family of God. And so we really do need each other. And so that's kind of the track I'm going to go down this morning, is looking at how, as, as North Point, as a family, how we need each other. And, uh, you know, the, the core of a family and how it works in a biological family as well as in the family of God is relationships. There has to be positive relationships. And part of my study, I came across uh, Michigan State Extension, uh, Michigan State University Extension had a whole article on six factors that contributed to strong families. And as I looked at it, I was like, were they using the Bible for this? Because it's like right down the line of Scripture. And it wasn't Scripture references, but you could put them in there. In fact, I started doing that, and then I kind of set that aside. I'm like, well, I'm not going to preach their message for them. Um, so in the midst of all of this, though, we have certain things that are very uh, solid um, basis for relationship in our lives and, and in our church family together. So, um, and as I look back over my time in ministry, over 20-some years or 25 years, I guess, more than that. Um, I've seen people come into the church, be fired up, loving the Lord, and over time, all of a sudden, they kind of start to slip and fall away, and all of a sudden, like, wait, where, where are they? They're, they haven't been around in a while. And then, I, you know, find out that they've kind of just gotten into some bad ways and letting sin get a hold of their life, and they've dropped out of being a part of the family of God. And that's happened time and time again. They get into destructive lifestyles, uh, they just lose connection. And I think it's real easy to do if you don't have relationship with other people in the body of Christ in this room <laughs> and outside this room. Some who are sick, some who aren't here, need to be in relationship. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to be is in these meaningful relationships. So we need more than Jesus. Kind of in the same way that a drowning person needs more than to be pulled out of the frigid water. They need to be warmed up. They need to be nurtured, cared for, all of those things. The same thing happens in our lives spiritually. We need each other to help us grow to our full potential. And 1 Thessalonians 2.8, I'm going to start there. It says, We love you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, 
but our lives as well, because you'd become so dear to us. So this kind of backs up this, we need more than Jesus. Not only the gospel of God that saves us, but our very lives as well. Let's pray. Father, I ask right now that your Holy Spirit would just come and, uh, Lord, illuminate this truth to our hearts. Lord, that we would grab a hold of it, that we would act on it, we wouldn't just hear it and go about our way, God, but we would be changed by it. And, uh, Lord, I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's one of my favorite scriptures, 1 Thessalonians 2.8, next to Jeremiah 29.11, uh, because it really speaks to, I believe, the heart of the church and what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be involved in each other's lives, we're supposed to care for each other. And we're going to look at three reasons, or three things this morning, that are essential to our spiritual health, both individually and as a family. So the first one is, um, as believers, we are never intended to do life alone. We are never created to do life alone. Um, there's uh, basically, I kind of thought of this, I said, you know, the Lone Ranger, for those that remember the Lone Ranger back in the day, okay, had Tonto, despite his name, still had Tonto, <laughs> okay, his companion, his helper. And uh, we have all through our, uh, all of our, uh, our media, we have, you know, Batman had Robin, Han Solo had Chewie, Frodo had Samwise, Jim had Pam, I mean, we got a whole, whole bunch of folks that needed each other. And that, that helped them to be the better uh, be a better person to, to excel, to achieve the goals that they had set before them. And you need somebody. We need each other. It has to happen in our life. In Genesis 2.18, the Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. So right from the outset, it's not good for you to be alone. And of course, he was referring to a wife, but I really do believe that applies to all of us in the family of God, in the body of Christ, in the church. A while back, uh, I spoke, uh, I shared a message here, and I had you do something with your hands. I had you put them together in a certain way and make a little church and steeple, open the doors, see all the people. Okay, remember that? All right. <laughs> so that, it's about the people. It's about our relationships together. It's, it has to happen. And Jesus even prayed for us as believers in John 17, 20. He said, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. That's a pretty strong statement when you think about it, that all of us would be one. We have this relationship together. We're, we're in one mind, one heart, one accord, going the same direction, caring about each other with equal, um, with equal fervor. You know, so when we see those prayer requests on there, they're not just names on a screen. They're people that we know. It goes beyond just the Sunday morning handshake. It goes beyond just sitting in that seat for 20-some years and not knowing whose person is on the other side of the room. We've got to get to that point. In fact, I, I had a whole bunch of titles, um, like the missing ingredient, the missing puzzle piece, I mean, all kinds of things like that. Uh, and I really feel that it's kind of something that the church at large, not North Point, is what well, you guys are really a friendly church, but we can always do better. We have to take to heart what God says. It's not good for us to be alone. Be one together. And, you know, like I said, we were never meant to follow uh, God uh, by ourselves. And so I thought about this in the, in the scope of you probably have all seen the Discovery Channel or, I mean, the, you know, the, where they have the, the African plains and they're showing that herd of animals out there, gazelle or some, you know, helpless prey animals, and they're just out there having their day and, gre and grazing in the grass. And then in the background, there's that lion creeping in, right? And he's not looking to barge into the middle of the herd, right? He's looking for the one that's alone, the straggler, the one that's forgotten, that's kind of gotten away from the group. And the Bible even tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, to be alert and a sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's why it's so important that we are not 
alone. We're not doing this thing like the Lone Ranger. We have to have others with us. Because if you get, and you know you've probably been there, I've been there, where you kind of get in your own head about your situation. Maybe you're going through some, some tough decisions, some struggles in your life, whatever it might be, and you kind of like isolate yourself. You start to withdraw from groups and crowds and find yourself alone, and you begin to think about how terrible this is in your life, and I'm just, you know, and the devil preys on that. He's looking for that one opportunity, that person to devour. So it's so important to stay in relationship with each other and relationships that are, again, beyond the handshake Sunday morning thing. It's got to go deeper so we know about each other's lives. One of the things that we do in the, in the youth group at Forward Motion is we, uh, each week, we share good things that have happened in our lives that week, but we also share prayer requests, that things that we can all pray about. Um, and in the middle of that, we don't just go, well, what can we pray about? Here's a list, and then I pray for them. No, that's not how we do it. We say, okay, well, I have a need this week. I've got a test coming up, or I'm going through something with some friendships or relationships. And we say, okay, who's going to pray for that? And somebody will take that prayer on individually, and we all agree together when we pray together. Because we're getting involved in each other's lives. We care about each other. And I see it happen time and time again. That the students will come in on a Wednesday night, get there a little early, and as soon as a new person comes back, it comes in, or somebody who hasn't been there in a couple, they run up to each other, they hug each other, it's, how are you doing? There's genuine care and relationship there. That's, that's an awesome thing. As a youth pastor, I'm like, yes, it's working. That's what's supposed to happen. We're family together. We, cons we consider ourselves family. We care about each other. When one of us hurts, we all hurt. When we're joyful, we all joyful together. That's part of what we're called to be as the church. Um, years ago, it was pretty common that you knew everybody in your neighborhood. You know, even there's block parties. I don't know if you guys still have that. Probably not. Not around, um, you know, we've moved into a neighborhood now that actually is fairly connected. They have, like, organized events and a parade and some other kind of strange things. But, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's kind of fun because you get to do all these different community-building type things, and we work together and we play together, and it's good. But I didn't come from a neighborhood like that. I came from a neighborhood where two houses down, I didn't know who lived there. Two houses that way, I didn't know who lived there. I didn't know who lived behind me, just that, you know, he didn't like my dog barking. You know, this stuff like that. But we're this tech... So we've kind of come into this culture now where our technology... We have the technology and the ability to be connected 24-7 around the world, but yet we're the most disconnected culture yet. We think we're connected, but we're really not. This, through social media and all of that, I mean, we have everything that's um, able to make us connected, but it's not real connection. It's sitting behind a screen. We're not connected to that person. We just click like on their status or their Instagram photo or whatever it might be. That's not real relationship. Real relationship goes much, much deeper than that. It has, and it has to be face-to-face. -face. It really does. Because that's what really matters. When somebody you know, says, likes this, something I put on, on Facebook or online or something, I mean, it's great. I feel, oh, there's my, my, I'm built up a little bit. But when somebody says, hey, I want to come over and talk to you. I want to hang out with you. I want to go fishing with you or whatever. And we spend time together. That, that makes a difference. It doesn't always have to be a Bible study. Sometimes in church we get stuck in that. We're like, oh no, we've got to, got to bring the Bible out. No, we just have to grill some hot dogs. I mean, that's really as simple as that. Have us share a meal. There's, a, like I said, a few exceptions in our life where this communication is, is beneficial, but I think most of it has made us more isolated culture, more isolated in, in reality from each other. In fact, we've got people who don't know how to behave correctly when they come across somebody who doesn't have the same opinion in real life 
because they're used to sitting behind that computer screen and just going, oh yeah, you know, and they can just lay it all out there and there's no repercussion. But face to face, we have to deal with each other. People have different opinions. In this room, people have different opinions, whether it be politics or, you know, chili with beans or no beans. I don't know. There's all kinds of things that can be an issue, but you've got to be able to work through that. And so we, have, we, we learn that as a family of God as we spend time together. And so we're not meant to do life alone. We need to get to know each other. And I did, I did ask you guys this uh, probably three years, four years ago, I think it was. I said to look down the row, and the people who are in your row, if they're not your family, do you know their names and what they do for a living? You know? Uh, now, you're probably sitting with your family, so you're like, well, of course I do. But if it's somebody, let's go, come, you know, let's look further to the sides. You know, like, do I know that person and what they do for a living? Do I know what their favorite hobby is? We've got to go deeper. That's what we need to know about each other. Because how can I possibly pray for that person's, uh, you know, elderly parent who's going through uh, having dementia and Alzheimer's if I, I don't even know who they are? That's the connection we have to have with each other. It's so much deeper. Yeah. You know, the conversations that we have often outside of this room and in uh, usually consist of about four words. And, well, I put it this way. I think I wrote it down better than I'm going to say it. But um, the most disingenuous conversation ever, and we've all probably taken part in it, it goes like this. How's it going? Good. It's a question we don't care to have honestly answered and a lie in a reply. Right? Because if somebody started, if you say, how's it going? And you're like, well, this week I really had to tell you, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just was trying to get going here. I didn't want you to lay out your whole life story. But yet, this is what Jesus has called us to do, right? To be in relationship with each other, to care about each other. Because if somebody's really going through a hard time, are we not the ones who are supposed to be there? to help them through it, to help them navigate it, to, to lift them up, to pray for them? Absolutely. And then to, when we, on the other side of that question, our reply, can we be honest with, with others? Well, the reason we just say good and we move on is because we don't have a relationship where we feel we can trust them with what's really going on in our life. And across this room, we all know we got stuff going on in our lives that we need others to help us with. We need others to, even if we just know that they care, that they're praying for us. You know, that, that prayer list up there is you know, just kind of a, one little uh, indicator that we know what's going on in other people's lives. We put it up there on the screen for you to see it because you're like, whoa, I didn't know so-and-so was going through this. I didn't know, you know, I got the, the call this week from Elizabeth that, you know, they, they had a miscarriage and were, you know, trying to have a baby and this was the second one and, uh, or third one. And so all of, you know, this is, she's in the military away we still care. We're still connected. You know, that's the kind of relationship we're supposed to have. And so we can respond genuinely with those questions. We really care. So now, now you're going to be on the spot next time. <laughs> Somebody says, how you doing? Well, Pastor Mike said that I need to. <laughs> so be ready for it. Just letting you know. So make sure you ask the question, too. Um, so I, I want to think about this, too. Like in Ephesians 4.25, it says, Therefore, Having put away falsehood, let, us, let each one of us speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. This kind of backs up more of how we need to share our lives with each other. Speak the truth. Be vulnerable. And that takes trust. And say, God, I'm going to trust these people who are gathered here together in your name that they care about me. And I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to find out 
what they like. I'm going to find out the things that they're struggling with, going through, need help with, whatever, because I'm probably going to need that help too. Because people really are desperate, desperate for relationship, desperate for um, being noticed, to be accepted, no matter where they're at in their, their life. I mean, we have uh, across this state, uh, you know, people dealing with depression and anxiety, um, all kinds of things that are just heartbreaking, and they're desperate to feel connection, desperate to, to know something real. You know, that's all of the social media is, is a, it's a, it's a false connection. It's an attempt at trying to be connected, but it's not real. You know, if uh, we get real and, and understand that when Jesus in John 10, 10 said he'd come to give us life and life more abundantly, the life that we live, uh, I don't kind of stick on this a little bit, but online, because a lot of our lives are, are, are built with this glued to our hand or our face in front of a screen. That's not the abundant life I believe that Jesus wants for us. There's so much more. Because when it comes down to it, and the end of your life happens, it's not going to be about how many likes you got, how many you know, pictures you posted online, or how many friends you had on Facebook. It's going to be about the lives that you touched, the relationships that you had with each other. That's what really matters when it comes down to it. That's the important thing. And not only that, life is full of experiences that are better navigated with help, both good and bad. There's some great things that it's, it's awesome to go through with somebody else. And I, I, I was telling you guys, I, I love to fish. I do. I don't get a lot of time to do it, but I do like to fish. And, I mean, I can go down to the water and start, you know, casting a line in the water and catch a really nice fish. It's like, awesome. And that's really satisfying to me, but it's so much better if there's other people there like, yeah, that's all, man, check that out. You can just share it with somebody else. I don't know what it is. It's just, <laughs> and the good things, it's, it's awesome to be able to share those experiences with somebody else. And I'm as guilty of it as, as, uh, as all of us, of not sharing those, those opportunities. I've made more of an effort this year to really, um, and this last year, just to invite people into my life through the stuff that I do, <laughs> just being me. And that's, that's what we need to do. You know, there's things that you do, you think, oh, it's not that important. Somebody would love to be along with you. I remember building a sound booth um, many, many years ago, just a wooden cabinet on wheels, you know, for the sound for the uh, youth department. And I, I took one of the students along with me to, like, you know, Menards at that time and picked up some wood and we began to cut a few pieces and, and just had a Coke, you know, and it's like, that was the best time ever. They remembered that for years. I'm like, I'm just building a sound cabinet, you know, I could have done it myself, <laughs> probably quicker. <laughs> but I explained, what are you cutting that for? How come that's, the, you know, that's okay, because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be involved in each other's lives. We're supposed to share that. Those things that are better navigated with help. You know, in uh, the scripture in Romans 12, 4 through 6 says this, just as each of us has one body and many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given us. So those, those different experiences that you have, that you share, I mean, that's going to help build somebody else up. They're not going to have the same strengths. I mean, I know, in fact, one of my neighbors just yesterday, I was helping uh, work on a, a dock down by the water, and I said, there was a fish, a dead fish floating by, and I'm like, oh, it looks like a, you know, a shad or whatever. And he goes, oh, I don't know any kind of fish. He goes, I'm going to try and learn to fish this year. Bing! <laughs> Wide open door, right? Like, come fishing with me. <laughs> so, I mean, there's an opportunity to share, you know, we're all part of each other, and we share those different giftings and abilities, 
that we have, and it helps to build each other up. The Bible describes us as, as the body of Christ, that we're supposed to be connected together. Um, if you take your hand and, and hold it out in front of you, uh, you will uh, notice, well, maybe it's a young hand or it's an old hand, whatever, but it has all kinds of character to it. But underneath the skin and everything, there's bones, right? Most everybody has bones in their hand. Okay, good. We're all on the same page, made by the same, same creator. Those bones, if, they, um, if you were just to go like this, right? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, there we go. Uh, it's, it's, it's stayed together, right? Nobody's fell on the floor, pieces fell out. Okay, good. Well, that's because there are certain things inside our hands. There's 27 different bones inside your hand. Inside of, and connecting those bones is ligaments, strengthening and connecting those joints, right? That's what holds it together. Now, I'm not a doctor, but that's what I understand. Okay, we've seen x-rays. That's what's supposed to be in there. It's held together by all of those ligaments, those joints, and all those things that, that make the hand able to do work, to pick up something, to grasp, right? And it, it goes beyond your hand. It goes into your arms, legs, spine, all of that. It makes you be able to stand up. And so the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 16, it says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So Scripture backs it. Each part, the members of the body, you are part of that body. If you've accepted Christ, you're part of the body of Christ, the family of God. It says we're held together by, right, supporting ligaments. It grows and builds itself up as each part does its work. So what happens if one part doesn't do its work? Anybody here broken a bone before? Broken an arm, leg, whatever? You get a cast on? For how many weeks is it? I don't know. It's been a long time since I broke an arm. I think it was like eight weeks or something like that. And they took that cast off, and it was like my arm was reduced in size. <laughs> it was very weak because it hadn't done anything for so long. And so if we, as parts of the body of Christ, don't do our work, guess what? The whole body is weakened, right? It's, it's part of what God's plan is that we would do the work that we're called to do, that we would build relationships with each other. The ligaments would be strong. They'd be exercised. There's things going on. There's, ha there's happenings between the, the, the parts of the body. That's the way it's supposed to be. <clears throat> Life is also filled with things that are set out to destroy us, and Jesus knew that we would face those. He even told us it was coming in, in uh, John 16, 33. Says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we have this relationship with Christ and as we work and share our lives together, we're able to share that hope with each other as well. We're able to share the love of Christ that he's poured into our lives with those around us to help them, to, to build up, again, building up each other, the relationships. One of the things that Michigan State Extension had in there was uh, positive communication. And I, I thought right away of, you know, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, only what's useful for building up others according to their needs. How am I going to know what their needs are if I don't know who they are, if I don't know what they're going through? And so we have this ability to build each other up. Because everybody that we come across, everybody that we encounter in the family of God, we all belong to Christ. Every single one of us. And, and I know that you, you probably like to hang around with people who are like you and like the same things, but every one of us belong to each other. We all belong. Whether somebody is different than you, whether they like different music or the different food or whatever it might be, or they look different than you, they're taller, shorter, it doesn't matter. We all belong. 
and we're supposed to help each other navigate these, these circumstances in life. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 gives us some purpose in these relationships as well. Um, and it goes like this. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is, let us consider how we may spur one another on, how we might encourage someone, how we might help them to be better, help them to further their relationship in the Lord, help them to navigate the tough circumstances they're going through in their life. That's something that's, that's on us as a church and as us individuals who follow Christ to do that, to step out of our comfort zone, to, to go and reach out to other people and say, how can I, how can I spur that person on? How can I encourage them? Because there's, some, there's people in this room right now who need encouragement. There's people in this room right now who need someone to come alongside and to listen, to be there, to put their arm around them, to, to help them to navigate this, the circumstances they're facing. You know, we've all gone through uh, some pretty hard things in this last year. And, and we've seen it in real time. that we need each other. So maybe this is a bit of an echo, but we need each other. We have to spur each other on. You know, that spurring can, I uh, think about what a spur is on a horse, uh, you know, for uh, someone riding a horse, it's, it's kind of sometimes a little bit painful to poke the horse, get him going. Sometimes the things that we need to share with each other can be a little confrontational, can be a little bit hard maybe to say, but if we have built a relationship, we're able to go to that place. We're able to say, hey, I see some destructive things in your life that, you know, aren't helping you. <laughs> but you can't say that if you don't have the relationship. So you've got to start there. And so the challenge in this is that it comes to us actually making that decision to, to live life out loud, to, to connect with others. And it, it's not always comfortable, but I know that God enables us to do it. He, he empowers us to do it. He will, uh, every day if you ask him, he will show you opportunities to, to pour your life into others, to be that, to, to build that relationship, to be Jesus with skin on. The last thing that we need in, is uh, we need these meaningful relationships because it's the primary way that people see and come to know Jesus. Jesus' final instructions uh, to his disciples and to you and I um, are, were as follows. In John 13, 34, it says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another, and by this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. He was kind of emphasizing that, you think? Love one another. And he says, as I have loved you. So I have to go, well, how did Jesus love us? He laid down his life for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In our imperfect, broken, fallenness, he loved us and he died for us. So that means that in our lives, there are people around us who are broken, fallen, unlovely, unlovable, and we're supposed to love them. We're supposed to love them as Jesus loved us. He would lay down their life. That's the, that's the challenge. And it says that not only are we to do that, but when we do it, there are other people outside the family of God who are going to see that and recognize this is somebody who follows Jesus. This is how they will know. It's not about how much you know, Bible tracts or, or scriptures you can post online or anything like that. It's about how we love each other, how we get along. 
Somebody might walk into this, into this room on a Sunday morning, just passing by, and we've had it happen. Then there 20 years, there have been people who have come by, and just I just saw the church and I walked in, who are not believers. And when they look at all of us, how do we interact? Do we know each other? Does it look like we care? Do, I mean, not just look like, does it really, do we really care? Because that, when they see that, genuine faith, lived out relationship, Christ following, God honoring, they're like, Jesus is in this place. That's what makes a difference. That's what's going to make the difference in our church going forward, in our community, in our world, is that if we love one another. I think it's, it's so simple, but yet sometimes we're just grasping at it. We're missing it. I miss it. So this is how people will know that we follow Jesus. That's how they're going to see Jesus in action. John 17, 20 through 22 says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, and I am you. May they also be in us of the world, may believe you have sent me. See, what's the message? It's our love for one another. It's our relationships that are strong, that are very purposeful, that we care for each other, that we lift each other in prayer, that we'll be there for each other. I can't tell you how many times we've, Kim and I have taken calls at like 2 in the morning from students or others, and we're like, yeah, we'll be there. Get up, put clothes on, and go. I mean, or pray on the spot, whatever it might be, because it matters. It may be easy to go, well, let me I'll post that on my Facebook for other people to pray. <laughs> Come on. We've got to be there. Somebody's in the hospital, we go. Pastor and I, pastors, we'll, we'll go. You're having a surgery. It might be something simple, but you know what? Surgery is surgery. Kind of scary. We want to be there for each other. We care about each other. Visit when somebody's sick, when somebody's, uh, you know, uh, going to the hospital for something. That's, that's what really matters. Because people are going to see that. In fact, a pastor as a chaplain has told me stories of how... Um, family members who have been gathered around somebody who was going through you know, a really rough time in the hospital and had others, other family members come or a pastor comes and they're like, wow, that pastor came, I don't hardly know him, but he came or this person came and they prayed for you and it impacted the rest of the family who were maybe not believers. So it makes a difference. So relationship is part of who we are. Has to be. Has to be. And if we aren't in relationship with other people in this room, it's probably not going to happen outside of here as the, the church at large. This is where it's got to start. You're like, well, I know most of these people most of the time. But we've got to go deeper. We've got to go deeper. It has to happen. I'm going to have the worship team come, and uh, we're going to just uh, take this last moment uh, that we have here this morning and reflect on the word that God has poured into our hearts. The Bible says that we should hide the word in our heart that we wouldn't sin against him. And, you know, I believe that when we have opportunity to build a relationship with others and we don't do it, I mean, that's it's sin. We know what we ought to do and we do it not as sin. And it needs to change. It needs to change.